Queen Elizabeth has taken her flight and one day you will take your flight but make sure you make reservations that you go to the right place that you go to heaven and not to hell in honor of God and his kingdom Jesus Christ the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, if you will, Monarch of Monarchs. And in honor of the Queen, by the way, this is the greatest home going you will ever see in your lifetime. This is what they did in biblical times when great men died. They had days of mourning. Why was the queen why was the queen great in her life? Because of God and how that she kept her vows to God and how she served dutifully and faithfully and uh, we've been doing this every day since she died I was not going to do it tonight but the message that I'm going to preach tonight <clears throat> Uh, dovetails with the Queen in her kingdom and one of her favorite hymns praise my soul the King of heaven to his feet your tribute bring ransomed healed restored forgiven evermore his praises sing Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the everlasting King. Praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glorious in his faithfulness. Father-like, he tends and spares us. Well, our feeble frame he knows. In his hand he gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Widely yet his mercy flows. Angels help us to adore him. You behold him face to face. 
sun and moon bow down before him. <coughs> bow down before him. Dwellers all in time and space. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise with us the God of grace. You say, well, preacher, why didn't you sing it? Because I can't sing. Uh, but I can read it and read the most important part <clears throat> of the song. By the way, is not the music, is always the words. Ladies and gentlemen, by the grace of God, I want to preach in your hearing how to be ready and how to wait. Part 4, the Second Coming Chapel message and sermon number 328. Turn in your Bibles, <clears throat> which could be on your phone, which could be on your iPad, your Kindle, or what have you, to Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 44. <clears throat> Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he cometh shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. In other words, blessed are those servants who are watching and waiting for the Lord. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, <coughs> he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, 
whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, thank you, Lord, for teaching us a lot about your kingdom over the past several days. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, help those of us in America and other democracies around the world not get tied to uh, democracy. For those of us who are saved by your grace, help us to get used to a kingdom. Help us to understand, uh, for those of us who are saved, that's what we dwell in and that's what we will dwell in, in your kingdom. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for initiating salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I praise you and I thank you for your Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus Christ, I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word. I praise you and I thank you for Uh, all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us all. Uh, who are saved and born again. For Jesus Christ's sake, please continue to have mercy and grace upon us, and please forgive us of our sins, our transgressions, and our trespasses. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And for those of us who are saved by your grace, which we do not take lightly, crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh, and the old man within us, and fill us afresh and anew 
with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you tonight or at any time in the future. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver us who are saved by your grace. Lord, help us to act like we're saved, like the Queen did for much of her life. And that's why you have made her great by your grace. And the people can't stop coming to honor Queen Elizabeth the Great, as we call her now, because you made her great, because she humbled herself before you, kept her vows, stayed married for over 70 years when she could have had anybody she wanted when things got rough, and uh, uh, she kept her vows to you that she made to you when she was a young lady and uh, without any personal scandals <clears throat> she did the best that she could even though she was not perfect and made some mistakes Lord uh, grant all of us your grace who are saved to live such a life Lord uh, she did what you wanted all of us to do as Christians to set a good example and she did that and Lord through all of what's going on right now this amazing <coughs> home going multiple day funeral uh, you have in our lifetime shown us a whole lot about your kingdom and uh, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to take heed. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. <clears throat> For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And Holy Father God, tonight help each and every one of us who name the name of Christ to humble ourselves, not just momentarily while we are watching the parade of people uh, going to see the coffin of the Queen, but Lord, for the rest of our lives, help us to realize what you will have me to preach tonight truly what you meant when you said these servants are truly the leaders. Uh, that is far more uh, uh, amazing now as we see in real life a woman who was committed to service as she said many times, but yet she was a ruler over the hearts of billions. 
has over no doubt three to four billion people will watch her funeral on Monday if you ta if you tarry you're coming and if we live and so Holy Father God uh, help us to learn from this for Lord one day I, I do believe that this picture of this woman's life and what is happening right now is a small little picture of how it will be when you the peace the Prince of Peace the King of Kings and Lord of Lords will one day rule the world and uh, we pray that you will prepare us who are saved and understand that Lord to be ready for that as we will hear and have already heard from the reading of this passage I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of the lost starting with my own wife Marika White as you know I've been praying for her for 34 years when you showed me that because of the evil that she was doing towards even her own children you showed me that this woman is religious but lost and uh, I and and the truth of the matter is today as usual I'm not <clears throat> ignorant of the devil's devices and I thank you for that uh, I can predict now when the devil is going to attack through her <clears throat> uh, pardon me Lord and Holy Father God uh, the devil has attacked through her today uh, uh, I have seen it you have seen it uh, all of my children have seen it uh, through your amazing psychological protection uh, uh, children can block it out after a little while but uh, it is demonic uh, the uh, satanic demonic spirit that she adopts when it's time to preach your word is is hellish and you know it I know it my children know it and we have seen it uh, other religious people people in the church they won't see this and uh, have not seen it for the most part and I'm not the only pastor who has had to deal with this uh, I'm one of the few who is being transparent about it after you've given me the liberty to pray about it publicly and um, of course privately and to talk about it and so Holy Father God which I and I thank you for it because I believe is healthy and I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas Jezebel Sanballat and Tobias out of her life and I pray that you will break this curse off of the lives of my children and not only this curse that comes down through her family but the cur curse that comes down through my family 
which is uh, the curse of uh, heterosexual sins, uh, fornication and adultery. I pray that they would be protected from that generational curse too. And uh, and uh, uh, and protected from the curse of the uh, deep Pharaoh-styled Jamaican pride and stubbornness and rebelliousness, which is world famous. And I do pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that throughout the remainder of this weekend, as you have me. Uh, set up to preach twice again tomorrow uh, that you would uh, my prayers that she would come to know your Savior and be filled with your Holy Spirit and uh, uh, but if she chooses not to do that I pray that you will restrain her as you had to restrain her over the past 34 years and we have not only seen this in my wife we have seen this in her mother her aunts uh, Lord, uh, and I see traces of it even now in my uh, few of my children. So, Lord, I pray that you'll break this generational curse and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, Holy Father God, I pray that you do the same in all of the families that are uh, participating in this service right now around the world. getting, uh, uh, choosing to not watch a football game, but to hear the preaching on the second coming. I find it uh, a very amazing how you do that uh, in the lives of your people. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, save not only our family members and the family members of Christians everywhere, but save lost people everywhere. Have your Holy Ghost and your Holy Word, your Holy Gospel, to not give them rest until they are convicted of their sins and see their need for you, their Savior, the true King of kings and Lord of lords. And uh, Lord, I don't know how you do all of that, but I know that you do it because you did it for me. And I know that you're waiting for thousands and millions more to bow the knee. Uh, to Jesus Christ, King Jesus, and believe in him before they leave this earth. And so, Holy Father God, we pray that that would come to pass. Revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning in this country and around the globe. And uh, Lord, we pray for those of us who are saved and born again. Uh, lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties. For Lord, we know we cast all of our care upon you because we know that you care for us. And fill us tonight, even on this Saturday night, which is oftentimes pretty rough for preachers, not because they're nervous, but uh, the devil just uh, won't give up and uh, will attack in so many different ways. I pray that you give us all a peaceful night of rest and sleep and relaxation and I pray that you will lift our burdens cares anxieties and worries and fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding 
and your joy unspeakable. For you said, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Help us, Lord, to remain sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would deliver us also from all distresses and afflictions and satanic attacks and persecutions and deliver us from all tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions, uh, Lord, in our lives. And uh, deliver us also from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, uh, car problems and troubles and difficulties, as you have always done. And Lord, thank you so much for remembering mercy and grace while we in your church are under deserved chastisement and rebuke and the world is even suffering as well. Thank you for allowing it to be as uh, good as it is. And Holy Father God, I pray tonight, not only for my family, but for all Bible-believing Christian families born-again families, uh, your faithful few, and Lord, for all other people. And uh, Lord, I, I will leave them into your hands. But Lord, protect us all from ourselves, our flesh and the devil, and from the demons of hell. Protect us, Lord, from evil people in the family, and evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And Holy Father, God, have all that we do and say tonight to be done for your glory, praise, and honor, and for the lifting up of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then after this service, Lord, I pray that you will be with us, help us to pray without ceasing, help us to watch and pray, to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, uh, particularly after this service and help us to be sober-minded and to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Please keep us in perfect peace. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Lord, grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing and your liberty and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach. Lord, your holy word, which is so important and your holy gospel. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, um, brothers, and sisters in Christ Jesus. I learned from the great Dr. John McNeil Jr. that you just stick with preaching the word through. <clears throat> and the word of God has a way. It is so powerful. It has a way <clears throat> to preach to the people and to preach to the times.
In other words, you do not have to try to find something <coughs> on me to fit the times or, or to fit what's going on. You just get the book and the Bible that God wants you to preach through. <coughs> Got something in my throat. Just go ahead and dump that, dump that out. And, um, and you just preach the Word of God. And you don't have to worry about trying to shift to the times and shift to what is happening in the world. You don't have to find a topic. Somehow, I don't know how God does it, but he'll take the passage that you're preaching on from the Word of God and make it be apropos to what is going on into the people and it can and, and it speaks to his word preached speaks to everybody right where they are because of how the Holy Spirit of God drives it I said that to say this this passage that I am preaching through right now with the help of my youngest son Daniel uh, Ezekiel who's doing a fantastic job in so many ways um, and I give God the glory as well as my daughters Daniqua and Danielle amazing amazing these are my youngest children and uh, uh, and all of my children have helped in the ministry. Uh, but my youngest three, I believe they, they take the cake. Uh, uh, and so, I thank the Lord for that. Dr. Billy Graham said, We are to wait for the coming of Jesus Christ with patience. We are to watch with anticipation. We are to work with zeal. We are to prepare with urgency. May I share that with you again? Because I want you to get that. Dr. Billy Graham is now home with the Lord. He said, we are to wait for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with patience. You can't rush God. He will not be rushed. We are to watch with anticipation. And that's what this passage is about, partly. We are to work with zeal. Has your, has your Christian zeal died down? to the point you're not working for the Lord as you used to? Is that part of the reason why we're under chastisement and rebuke? Because the thrill and the zeal is gone 
from serving Christ in our lives. We are to prepare with urgency. And once you get saved, you ought to be urgent about getting other people saved before it is eternally too late. By the grace of God, I want to touch on four things with the help of Dr. Bob Deffenbach. Dealing with service. If you have had a hard time understanding what Jesus Christ said about how that, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, your leaders, your rulers will be your servants. This is an out of this world statement. Because God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And many Christians have struggled with this down through the years, especially pastors. This strange paradoxical, paradoxical statement that the true leaders are going to be the servants. That's mind-blowing to most proud, arrogant, stubborn, selfish people. For in our minds, a servant is a small uh, person, if you will person of no importance. They're just there to serve, not to lead. Uh, the little people of the world. You may think of a waiter or a waitress. <clears throat> Quite frankly, it should not be the case. I think waitresses and waiters ought to be paid well and tipped well, especially by Christian people, with a gospel tract, a pamphlet, which most of you do not keep on you anymore. You used to. By the way, many people have gotten saved through a simple gospel pamphlet or tract because it has the Word of God in it. That's the main ingredient in getting people saved, the gospel, the words of God, not your words, the words of God. I cannot explain that, but I know it's true because the night I got saved, December the 19th, 1979, it was the word, the words of, of the gospel jumped off of page and I can see those words right now right now in my mind's eye after 43 years later when he pointed to Romans 10 9 and 10 13 I remember saying so that's all you need to do to get saved well I can do that <laughs> that's exactly what I said I can do that yes sir and I got saved that night after years of being in churches lost and there are millions of people 
lost in churches because the pastors and the preachers some of them are not called by God they don't even understand the gospel themselves they're not even saved from recent uh, 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 Pew studies and Bonner studies the devil has used many pastors and many preachers to confuse the gospel and mix it up with everything else. It is so sad. But we are seeing a living, yes, well now, deceased example of what it means to be the servant, but yet at the same time be the ruler. Queen Elizabeth somehow understood that and she did it well by the grace of God. You must understand nobody has told these people to come out and to stand in line for 24 hours. Uh, former prime ministers, former pres presidents and and, and, and great people like Beckham who actually met the Queen stood in line for like 14 hours why because God made her great because she was a humble woman who understood her role as a monarch was to serve the people and yet she is the ruler of the people I tried to tell you that the kingdom and kings and queens, particularly prominent ones like Queen Elizabeth uh, II, they're important. They carry a lot of weight, a lot of influence. They can, they still, even in a democracy, can make things happen or not happen. The prime minister has to come and bow to the queen every week. That's a, that's a job. I mean, that's a job. I would, I, I, I don't think I would want that job. Well, I got to listen to the prime minister every week. We have a meeting every week. That's a job. That is a job, and a a great responsibility. And from her decades of ruling over prime ministers and presidents and everybody else. Uh, she has something to say. Now, they don't have to implement it, but she can lean on you. And she did. But she understood that she was serving the people. And God made her great. Always remember now, God is the only somebody who can make you great. He's the only somebody. You can't make yourself great. And if you want to be great, you will never be great. And so let's look at serving for a little while. And the so-called servant leader is a new idea. And I'm so proud 
of uh, Ed Stetson and church leaders tonight for uh, two things. One, they have denounced uh, in their loving way uh, Andy Stanley's demonic foolishness and heresy of attacking the Bible and saying that we ought to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. But the other thing that I'm proud of today for them, uh, I commend them for, is that they, they're running an article right now dealing with uh, this overemphasis on leadership and influence. I am so happy. And, and they are the ones who have to deal with this because many of them got caught up in it. And right off the top, right at, right at the, uh, the first statement, this evangelical preacher said all of that might work in the business world, all of that might work in uh, uh, the education world or whatever, but that stuff does not work in the church. And I, God showed me that a long time ago. You know, all of this emphasis on leadership and leadership and leadership. No real servants, leaders. There's emphasis on leaders. And they quoted these Christian writers. I can name one right now. I don't want to name him because I believe he's a good man and he meant well. And one of the greatest things he ever did for the church and for pastors is to emphasize prayer. So I'm not going to mess with him on that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to call him out tonight, because he did do that. <clears throat> he did tell pastors. He did teach on leadership over and over again. Wrote many books on leadership, but one thing he did. That was very important. He told people in churches to pray for their pastor. He told pastors to make sure you have everybody in the congregation praying for you and you need to be praying for them. That's the best thing he ever did. As far as I'm concerned, I said that before. I'm saying it now. All the other leadership stuff, I never, God, in my spirit, God never touched my spirit to follow that. And I am so happy that the church leaders magazine is finally dealing with that right there because I thought it was a bunch of hogwash for years and I never bought into it you need to follow God people and follow the Bible and follow the Holy Spirit and stop following people so-called leaders they love to quote the secular community you know the secular guys business guys and <clears throat> and that's why we're in a mess right now in the church. I can't remember the man's name who wrote the article. I, I might tell you about that later if God brings it to my mind. But that's what he's dealing with. It's on the front cover, right at the top. I was so blessed by that. And so encouraged. Because they're dealing with the issues 
that need to be dealt with because this is a magazine that has, if you will, great influence. Basically, he's tearing down this leadership mess that's been going on for the past 20 or 30 years. You need to be a great leader if you're going to have uh, great followers and all of that. Guru mess. And, and, and listen to me. All of it has fallen down flat on his face. Where, where are the great leadership gurus now? Churches have closed down, gone bankrupt. Over 60% of the pastors have quit the ministry. You know why they quit? Because they were great leaders, quote unquote, and not servants and not called by God to preach <coughs> the gospel in the first place. Some have called themselves volunteers. They were not called, they called themselves They're volunteers. Okay? We don't need volunteers in the pulpit. We don't need volunteers as pastors of churches. You've got to be called. That's why many are quitting. That's why many are committing suicide and doing other stupid things. We're not, we're not servants. And then this new concoction, watch this, servant leaders. You've got to get that leaders. Got to get that leader in there. Somebody may, may, may have caught it and said, I think we're going a little bit too far with this leadership thing. And let's just call ourselves servant leaders. That's not in the Bible. That's made up by men who want to be uh, recognized and known as leaders like the great leaders in the secular world. They follow them, they read them, and they bring them into their writings and into their blogs. So-and-so devil said, go for it. <laughs> no Bible. See, you understand me? You know what has messed up? Independent Baptists, one of the things. And then Southern Baptists, and then Bible churches. Each group thinks that the the other group of Christians are smarter and better than they are. So they 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 leave what the Bible says, the simplicity of Christ, and the Bible. And they 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 follow this guy who's in another, and some do it secretly. They never talk about it among themselves because they will be ostracized. You follow me? And then, you know, they, thought, they start reading this man's books and this guru because they, they, they think foolishly that this other group is better than their group. When, when they were rock solid in the Bible a few years ago, now they, they're venturing out. Because they, think, they, they think these other people <coughs> who talk slick and who these sweet evangelicals who write the books, they think that they're smarter and greater and better than their little group. And that is not the case. It's, it's just the, the grass is always greener on the other side syndrome. And that's big time, sad to say, in the church. You have Christian people who are never satisfied with the Word of God and the simplicity of Christ. 
the the like the Athenians looking for some new thing, and we have looked for some new thing so much we're in the toilet now. Blind leading the blind in the ditch. Where are the gurus on great leadership? We don't. Where are the guru conferences about great leadership? Being a leader. It's all about leadership. <laughs> I don't know how many times I heard. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Well, everything is fall flat down on the ground and in hell, in the ditch and in the toilet. So what now? You know, everything rises and falls on God and God alone. So don't try to don't try to keep on resurrecting this foolishness. You're a great leader, you're a great businessman. The church that's another thing that the leadership thing led to. You need to run the church like a business. It's an enterprise. It's a business and it's an enterprise until the IRS comes knocking on your door. But we heard you say, Bishop, that it's a business, an enterprise. Well, I didn't mean that. We still shout and we still run around the church around here uh -huh, in faith believing, okay? So, <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> All right, Bishop, but don't be saying words like that. Also, uh, be careful what you say from the pulpit regarding politics. We heard you say a few things. You hinted at a few things. Okay. You servant leaders. I And you've heard me preach against that for years. The servant leaders. Oh, my. They're so wonderful. They're so great, the servant leaders. They, 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 just, they, they just want a little bit of pride. They, they, just, you know, they just want a little bit of power. Uh, but we'll, we're, we're still servants. The truth of the matter is, the queen, which we'll never see the likes again on this earth, we will see, if you're saved, someone greater than the queen, uh, but we will never see anybody like Queen Elizabeth II again. And you don't be looking for Charles, King Charles III, to be that. They've already fallen down flat on their faces before Harry and Meghan, so they... Don't don't look for that. Service, serving, and ruling, but not calling yourself a servant ruler. See, the queen never called herself a servant ruler. She just called herself a servant, and that's uh, that's that's a very humble thing to do when you're the queen. You know, you know why the queen stayed so healthy? Because she, she would tell her, her, her workers, and her cooks, what not to bring into the, into the palace. She, she said, don't bring any spaghetti. Don't bring any potatoes. She said, don't, don't bring any water that cannot be verified that it is 100% pure. I don't care what the name brand is. And I can't drink tap water. So she was a ruler, but she saw herself as a servant, and that's it. And that's why she is esteemed to be so great.
I wanted to cover four points tonight, but I probably would only cover one. Serving is an honorable task. Jesus came to, watch this, watch this, serve. And thus, we should surely see serving as honorable. How about that? Do you see serving as honorable, an honorable thing? Now, there are people in the church who have the gift of helps and things like that. Thank God for those people. But how about you? You have another gift, but is it uh, engaged in serving? like the Lord is talking about here, and like Queen Elizabeth uh, set the example for. Are you humble, like Jesus? Are you meek and lowly, like Jesus, yet he is the King of kings and Lord of lords? and was willing to serve. He washed the disciples' feet. He fed the hungry. All that is service. He raised people up from the dead. He healed people. He gave people sight. Helping people. Serving others. Sacrificing and serving others. What made Mother Teresa great? Was it sitting in a boardroom? No. The people remember Mother Teresa getting down into the lowest parts of India and getting down and dirty with the sickest people in the world, the most maimed people in the world feeding them and giving them water and uh, hugging them. <clears throat> Down in the lowest parts of the city. See, a person who's a servant much of their work is done behind the scenes. Nobody knows about it but God. And it's oftentimes a down and dirty work. But God will make you great when you have that kind of spirit. All of the Pastors of the past, not all, uh, but most most of them who wanted to be great. Some, mo half of them are dead and half have quit. 
They're nowhere to be found. All of the so-called prosperity gospel preachers are on the dustbin of history. Even those who are living today, not respected by anybody, not honored by anybody, seen as the lowest of the low. Because they were not true servants, they were not humble, they were not meek. Has the Queen given you a better picture of what Jesus was talking about? That the servant is your ruler or your leader? That's a hard paradox. But she did it well by the grace of God. I don't care what you have to say about it. And I disagree with her on uh, one thing. <clears throat> now she did that paradox thing very well by the grace of God. She always walked in authority. Authority. Now this is and, and see, see, let me just help you. You cannot create your own greatness. God has to bestow it upon you. There's no self-made great person. God has to bestow it upon you. And there's not anybody living on this earth who could have at the end of their life this kind of mourning people who didn't even know you shedding tears around the world red yellow black and white people standing in line for 24 hours man who made her great God did because she was a humble young lady her father had died Somehow, she gave her heart to Christ and God took over her life and she was humble and she was meek and she understood somehow without her father even being there that she was to serve the people. And she was like that from the get-go. As some say from the get-up. All the way through. And she always carried herself in greatness. <clears throat> she always carried herself uh, like a queen. And where did that come from? It came from God. She always walked in authority. This is a little old woman. See, so it's not, it's not about you being a man or a woman. If God puts the authority on you to make you great because of the condition of your heart and his grace, nothing can stop you. And you'll be honored and respected as you see today. This is going to go on all the way through Monday and they have to stop it because it would go on for another week if they didn't stop it 
King Charles the Third. I never heard of this before. I understand it, but I know I never heard of this before. He had to take. He was mourning so hard and 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 going through this process so hard that he had to take a day off from mourning. I said, "What? I've never heard of that before." And it's a beautiful thing. That's the kingdom for you. And this is just a little pauper's little kingdom thing compared to what uh, the time when Jesus comes back. And in this passage it talks about Jesus, the Lord, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, serving his people. It's an honor to serve. And so, beloved, in our culture, serving is, as I said before, a demeaning task in the eyes of many people. One which men and women shun, especially the proud men and women of today. Nobody wants to be a servant. This, this paradox is so hard, it's a conundrum to many people, many people, including pastors and pastors' wives and churches, people in the church, people in the corporate world, the business world, and even people, watch this, even in the church, because of this demonic prosperity gospel philosophy, do you know many people became rulers and looked down their nose at people who in the church that that would serve them, work for them, and work clean their houses, and pastors and bishops who had members members of the church cleaning their houses, going to pick up their alcohol uh, beverages, going to pick up their food. They looked down these pastors. I've seen it. I've seen it. And, and and I've seen how pastors, some who were warped in their brains about uh, serving the Lord, uh, how they would put on the dog for pastors who came like they were some kind of king. Uh, some of you pastors have had that experience. And, and all of this royalty, this, and, and we sit up here and our servants come and got people coming to serve you this, that, and the other, and serve your wife and call her lady and all this foolishness. And those who are saved are sick of that foolishness. People who are saved. Because they know better. You don't look down your nose at anybody. I I, I know some of... Uh, uh, Prosperity gospel people who had their family members who were not doing well working for them and, and, and talked about them like they were, you know, servants, like slaves or something. Looked down their nose at them.
it is disgusting. So it was in Jesus' day. People didn't want to be servants then either. People don't want to be servants today. Most people are not servants today. I would, I would venture to say in America, for sure. Jesus elevated service to a function of great privilege. Jesus elevated service to a function of great privilege and honor. I'm sorry, folks, but that's all I'm going to do tonight. I have three more points. But I believe that God used me to get the point across tonight. That if you want to see an example of this paradox, this strange conundrum that people have struggled with for 2,000 years, you know is God talking when you can you still can't get your head around it that those who serve rule in uh, in a sense and the queen somehow by the grace of God for over 70 years on the throne understood that and that is what made her great God made her great by his grace and through her heart of service for the people. God is the one who gave her that authority that she walked in. Unflappable. No matter what kind of hell was breaking loose, Queen Elizabeth the Great was unflappable and always on point. And I'm saying to you, only God can do that. She didn't do that by herself. Only God, through Christ, can do that. You will never be queen or king. But God can make you great too. If you don't want to be great. And if you choose to be humble. And meek. Humble yourselves and God will raise you up. There's nothing wrong with being a servant for a long time. And there's some people who don't understand that. They want what they think is their power and right to power right now. And do you know that God has you right where he wants you and and he wants you to stay sometimes in a difficult situation and be humble and meek and a servant for a long period of time until he raises you up. Did you know that all things work together for the good? Now that's your verse. But we have people so proud, so stubborn, so rebellious, and so wicked and so mean they want it now. They want to be over. 
uh, everything and everybody right now. They can't wait on God. Uh, but I have news for you. In God's kingdom, because that's what you're in if you're a child of God, and, and, and uh, God rules over all. Uh, and if he does not want you to be in a certain position of authority, then you're not going to be in that position. No matter how much you cuss and fuss and talk under your breath, how angry you get and huff and puff and try to blow the whole house down all you want to, ain't nothing happening until God makes it happen, until God wants it to happen. It's all about God's will being done and not yours, my dear friends, my dear enemies. Mm. I don't know. I don't know where you got that idea from that you can make things happen your way. That's not how it works, my friend. That's not how it works. So, Christian friend choose to be a servant don't choose to be a servant leader if you're saved choose to be a servant and let God do with your life what he wants and I'm here to tell you God through Christ will move when he gets good and ready God will move. If you respond right to him, you're truly saved, you love him back and you obey him, God will move, my friend, in your life. And he'll take you to heights that you never thought you would ever go in your life. But you have to follow him. You have to trust in him. You have to obey him. You have to be faithful to him. Because you don't do that. It's not happening for you. Whatever you think ought to happen. And I want to tell you something else. God will give you the desires of your heart. But God will give you, uh, give you some things that you never even thought about. <clears throat> In all of your life. That's better than the desires of your heart. Let God's will be done. In your life. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I don't know how you do it, but you, your word, I'm not going to say you make it fit. Your word just fits. If it is just preached line upon line, here a little, there a little. We don't have to try to search for something in the scriptures to keep up with the world. We just need to stand flat-footed and preach your holy word line upon line here, uh, a little there a little. Thank you, Lord, for teaching me that through your servant, Dr. John McNeil, Jr., so many years ago. Coming out of a topical background and I met him and every time I would visit his little church he would be in another book but it would be so powerful and there are other preachers like that as well 
that I have heard, and I thank you for that. And so, Holy Father God, I pray tonight, help those of us who are saved by your grace to humble ourselves and to be meek like you are and to wait on you to be servants to you first and servants to others and not even have a desire to be great. And to do your will and not ours for your glory, praise, and honor. And Lord, save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you are not saved, if you're not born again, and those of you who are with us uh, in this church without walls, in a very real sense, I, know, I just thought about this. I know of a church that uh, their name was before the coronavirus plague. Uh, the name of the church was the church without walls and, uh, and I'm sure now I tell you after the coronavirus plague uh, they, 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 they see why they had that name but for those of you who are with us and you are saved right now you ought to start praying for those who are not around the world if you know of a family member who is religious in church but you know that they are not saved. You need to contact them. Uh, you know of a young man, a young woman who's not saved. You need to contact them so that they can hear the gospel. If you're with us tonight and you are not saved but you want to be saved, you're not saved from hell but you want to be saved from hell, you're not saved from the destructive power of your sins, but you want to be saved from the destructive power of your sins. And you want to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who uh, saves souls and who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. First, you need to humble yourself and understand that you are a sinner. Uh, just as I am a sinner, the Pope is a sinner, the Dalai Lama is a sinner, the Queen was a sinner, the King is a sinner, King Charles the Third is a sinner. Uh, Joel Osteen is a sinner. We're all sinners. We're all in the same sin boat. We all have done evil against God by breaking His laws and His commandments, by lying, by stealing, by lusting after people and things, by coveting after people and things, by disobeying and dishonoring and disrespecting our parents, by disrespecting God, by taking God's name in vain, for the Bible says we all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. By the way, these words only come in the Word of God, the Bible. Uh, you, you will not find these words anyplace else. God is the only one who would know that everybody is a sinner. Uh, Pew Research Study has never done uh, any research on that or a poll on that, nor has the Bonnet Group or any other group. There's just too many people. They don't have to because God has already stated that we're all sinners. And then God states here in his word that the wages of sin is death. The reason why the queen is lying dead in her casket is because it does not matter who you are. We're all sinners. The queen was a sinner. We're all sinners. And sin is what causes us to die. It is a punishment, not a disease, not a sickness, not the coronavirus, not cancer, not a car crash, not cardiac arrest. Those are just means to death. And let me just say this to you. It's been my experience in observing people and being a, pastor, a preacher and a pastor for so many years that once death gets a hold of you and knocks on your door, things can move pretty uh, rapidly towards that final day uh, that happened to the queen. She was doing uh, pretty good and uh, uh, you know um, and then once death grabs a hold of you and, and, and it's just a matter of time and that can happen to you, it can happen to me. We could look like we're healthy one week and about to die the next, and then we're dead. So making sure that you are saved like the queen was, so that you, when you die you go to heaven and not to hell, is very, very important. Tomorrow is not promised to you. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shall be saved. God wants you to understand, yes, he is very loving, because he initiated salvation for you. He made a way for you to get saved, as he made a way for the Jewish people during the great Passover time. But you need to understand that if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, 
for my sins and for the world. Uh, the same God who will allow you to die from this beautiful place called earth is the same God who will allow you to descend into hell to burn forever and ever and to be tormented and never have a cold glass of water ever not even a damp finger not one drop of water in hell and yet you will burn and burn and burn in hell you say well preach I don't believe that God would uh, send us to hell your unbelief is not going to change the biblical fact see you must understand again God's thoughts are not our thoughts see because of our sinful nature we have a whole lot of foolishness in our hearts and our minds and uh, we we kind of make try to make fun and mock sin God does not do that okay and I don't know how else to express that to you God does not God is angry with the wicked every day the Bible says because of the sins they commit against themselves you must understand God does not want you to commit sin because he loves you <coughs> and sin is of the devil and will destroy you in this life and in the life to come that's why God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish that is perish in hell but have everlasting life uh, he provided a way for you so that your eternal soul will not be uh, will not perish in hell now that's love for you but I'm here to tell you now if you don't believe in his son Jesus Christ he will allow you to go to hell millions are in hell right now many who were members of the church and preachers in the church and pastors in the church and pastors wives are in hell tonight because they had religion but they didn't have Christ believe on the Lord Jesus Christ my dear friend and thou you shall be saved hell is a real place Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven and Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles because hell is a real place and he knows more about it than all of the prophets and all of the apostles why because he created hell for the devil and his angels but if you follow the devil in your sins and you look like the devil and talk like the devil and act like the devil you're going to go to hell with the devil those of you uh, who have allowed demons to possess you and you like it that way uh, you're going to go to hell with the devil to be tormented and to burn forever that's the bad news the good news is 
God so loved the world. That includes you, red, yellow, black, and white. That he gave his only begotten son, his name is Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, that word whosoever means you, means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It is a free gift. That's what kings do. Jesus Christ is the King of kings, Lord of lords. And he has served you this way, to suffer, to bleed, and to die on the cross, to get your soul saved from the hell you deserve and the hell that I deserve. He was buried and rose on the third day letting the world know that indeed he is the Son of God and King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And all you have to do to get saved is believe in him. Just do what Jesus Christ told you to do. Your salvation is not in a church membership. Your salvation is not in getting baptized. Your salvation is not in speaking in some unknown tongue. Your salvation is not in jumping and shouting and running around the church. Your salvation is not in working for it. It is a free gift. You cannot work for it because you don't have enough time. And you cannot pay for it because you don't have enough money. It is a free gift. All you do with a gift is you receive it. And then you say thank you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou, you, shall be saved. Call on his name. Pray and ask him to save you. For the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am going to pray the sinner's prayer right now. If you want to be saved from the power of your destructive sins and from the punishment of sin in hell, Follow me in prayer, believing in your heart in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And he'll save your soul. If he can save my soul, and he did, he can save your soul. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. I have broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart based upon the words of Jesus Christ,
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Lord God in heaven, I believe in your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit. and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change and help me to turn from my evil ways. To follow you in the newness of life. In your holy name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart, like Jesus Christ said, in him, that he died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, and you prayed that prayer in sincerity, uh, may I say to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. To help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my free book, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. For Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Also, email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com or some other uh, email that's on the platform and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice in your salvation and so that we can send you even more materials or answer any questions that you may have or you may want to send us a prayer request uh, please feel free to use that same email dw3 at gospelightsociety.com and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop as by God's grace, we have prayed for thousands of folks down through the years. And we continue to pray for them. Uh, and so uh, we'll be glad to do the same for you. Now, until next time, my beloved, which if the Lord tarries is coming and we live, we'll see you tomorrow morning uh, around 11. Uh, if the Lord should tarry his coming and we live uh, and then tomorrow night around 7 and uh, if I'm living I'll be here by God's grace and so as we pray for you please pray for us 
and make sure that you pray without ceasing. Pray for your family. Pray for uh, the problems that you're having and the troubles that you're having. Don't be afraid to pray to God. Uh, God is waiting to hear your prayers and answer your prayers. For Jesus Christ said, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time as we listen to the hymns of the faith. <laughs>